Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends. So hello everybody, welcome back. Thanks for coming back into the family one more again. Um, Today we're going to talk about who gets your best. Stay with me here. So after last Sunday service, I was compelled to read all the book of Malachi, like all of it. And the sermon used Malachi to talk about, uh, Malachi is a book of the Bible, people don't know, (laughs) but to talk about um, how God's new normal requires a reset and a full factory reset back to him. And you know, if you've ever had a cell phone that you've had to reset to get it to work, sometimes you have to clear everything out. So it was a dope word. And I thank Pastor Michelle Lawrence for the word because it was a way in which I had never heard Malachi. And for the first time, I wanted to learn more, actually read the entire book. And it's really not a long read. It's like four chapters. And it's right before you get to the New Testament. So check it out. It's quick, but it's chock full of stuff. So in church, Malachi is usually used to discuss tithing. For those of us who come from like that Baptist, Pentecostal, apostolic, you name it, um, you typically hear it in regards to tithing. And that's found in chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Um, However, in reading the entirety of Malachi, I found a real gem in chapter 1. All of chapter 1, actually. Um, But... It's verses 1 through 14, and it's challenging to just pull a couple of verses to make my point, so I'll read it in its entirety, so stay with me here. So Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. This is the message that the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. I have always loved you, says the Lord, but you retort, really? How have you loved us? And the Lord replies, this is how I show my love for you. I loved your ancestor Jacob, but I rejected his brother Esau and devastated his hill country. I turned Esau's inheritance into a desert for jackals. Esau's descendants in Edom may say, we have been shattered, but we will will rebuild the ruins. But the Lord replies, they may try to rebuild, but I will demolish them again. Their country will be known as the land of wickedness and their people will be called the people with whom the Lord is very angry. When you see the destruction for yourselves, you will say, truly the Lord's greatness reaches far beyond Israel's borders. The Lord says to the priests, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. And if I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name, but you ask, How have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt for offering, by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, well, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord. Go ahead. Go beg God to be merciful to you. And when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? Asked the Lord. How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. 
I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it is all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord and you turn up your noses at my commands, says the Lord. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these, asks the Lord. Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and my name is feared among the nations. So, (laughs) I know I'm loud. (laughs) I was trying to get through it without yelling, but I had to read the entire chapter because it's a conversation. And it's a good conversation. The Lord asks a lot of questions and makes some really good points. He asks, why are you questioning my love for you? One, and then after all I've done to show my love, you find it cool to disrespect me. You give me the leftovers and scraps as a sacrifice to get favor from me. However, you wouldn't dare offer this to the governor. And why is it okay for me? I felt that when I tell you I felt that because let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone where you have loved them? Like be honest about this. Show them love through your actions, taking care of them, giving them so much of yourself. And they still find a way to disrespect you, to dishonor you. And then when they offer you a gift, it's what's left over. It's not even their best. I mean, I've been here. Like after, excuse me, after you have given your best, I've thoroughly been hurt like this more times than I care to admit. And I'm a giver. I love people. All I want is that in return. But I don't regret giving of myself, though. I'm glad that I showed someone love from the deepest parts of me. It's a beautiful thing. And I'll do it again. But it hurts so bad when someone does you dirty. Or gives you the leftovers. Or they go above and beyond for people who could really care less about you. The governor. (laughs) But you give that person your best, not the one who is giving you their best. So I apologize to God when I read this. And I asked, Lord, have I been giving you my best? Nope. No, I haven't. And maybe, just maybe, I've been treating God the way I've been treated in some relationships. I gave my best to the wrong person when my best should have been reserved for the one who always shows up for me, makes a way out of no way, heals my heart, guides my path, wipes my tears, blesses me with so much I don't deserve because I have not showed up for God, but he keeps showing up for me. Romans 12:1 says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. 
And I really don't have much else to say after all of that. This chapter slapped me up and down. And then Romans hit me with the clothesline move for those wrestling enthusiasts. But healthcare professionals and health enthusiasts encourage us to take care of our bodies through healthy eating and exercise. And mental health professionals encourage us to get the help we need through therapy, you know, doing your personal work. And financial experts tell us to get our financial houses in order by planning for the future, saving money, etc. And somewhere in the scripture, all of this is mentioned in some form or fashion. All of these things can be found in him and through him. But one of the things that the Lord requires is time with him often and not as an afterthought. Afterthought. How many of us have been treated like an afterthought? It does not feel good. And this truly convicted me because I know how I feel when I feel like I've been treated as an afterthought. I know how people feel when they feel like they've been treated as an afterthought. Discard it. It's okay. She'll be cool. I'll give her this. She'll be all right. No, 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 no. That's not good enough for me. I deserve the best because I give the best. That's what God's asking for us. I'm giving you my best. Why? Give me your best. Please. So it's our bodies, our gifts, our talents, our voices, our minds. All of it is the sacrifice, the living sacrifice. But I related it to the scripture where he's talking about the sacrifices that we give him for favor. What condition is our sacrifice in? It can't be the leftovers. I can't give him hand-me-down, Janelle. I have to be my best. That is what I have to offer him. And it's all in the word. And, you know, I hadn't connected it until now. But when I tell you I cry, cried <laughs> when I read this, each and every time, I've read this about five times already. Um, and it was a continuation of the last conversation we had about becoming who God calls us to be. And who do I have to become? Your best. Your absolute, unequivocal, best, best. So with all that being said, I pose these questions for all of us. One, have you given God your best? Two, if not, what does giving your best look like? And three, how will you begin to be accountable to yourself to give God your best each and every day? He is not an afterthought. He's not an afterthought. And if you don't like being an afterthought... Don't treat the person that gives you life abundantly, solves problems, puts things in right alignment. Don't give him your leftovers. Don't make him an afterthought. It's not fair for all he's done for us. How dare we not do for him? So... Hope you got something out of that. I know I did. <laughs> so until next time, I love you. I thank God for you and have an amazing day. <laughs>